Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the Project Football Podcast. In this episode I was speaking to Roy from the Shed Project Band uh, about the band themselves, Bolton Wanderers and mental health. We also go through Roy's choices for 4 for you and there's another poetic offering courtesy of footballpoets.org. Roy from the Shed Project, welcome to the Project Football Podcast. Hey, you alright? Thanks for having me, mate. Cheers. Uh, nice pleasure. Um, Alright, so let's get the get the, the non-football related stuff out of the way first. So, the Shed Project. Yeah. Sounds like something more to do with changing rooms than a band. Um, where, <laughs> where did that come from? Um, we, we had a band, a tribute band called The Attics, which we formed in about eight years ago, we were just uh, the four of the lads who were, uh, who, who were mates of mine. Three of them are in the band now. Uh, so they decided to uh, start doing a few Oasis covers and stuff like that uh, in, in the attic of a pub, hence the name of the attic. Right. Um, so um, I, I went along, they wanted a bass player, so I'd never played bass or anything just decided to pick up bass with them and next minute we started getting a few tunes together, covers, Oasis, Storm Roses, The Jam, stuff like that, and then next minute we did a couple of gigs, right, only for mates and stuff like that, but that's how that got about. Um, then I, I'd always been writing anyway and stuff like that, I'd always had songs in my head and, and what have you, um, so me and John, who's the rhythm guitarist, um, we started going in his shed, um, He'd send me the, these little riffs on WhatsApp and stuff and ask me could I put lyrics to them. So next minute we went in his shed and we, we, we got about 12 demos down. Um, so then we met Tim, bumped into Tim, who's in the band now. He come in and then them 12 demos started becoming 12 decent songs. So last year, uh, January 20, decided to release our first song, Living, and uh, we've not looped back. Oh, uh, released released five singles since, so it's flying. Yeah, because you were featured on the Brits and Pieces album, weren't you? That compilation. Yeah, um, well, we released our first single last year in January called Living. Um, we, we do everything ourselves in that shed, so we, do, we were learning on the production side of things as well. So we released that, got a good response, uh, went on a couple of radio shows and stuff. Then we released One Shot. And uh, we released a, a single called Lucky Number in June, um, and that and then we joined Twitter as well. Then so the guy who did the Brits and Pieces album, Mark, he he come up with the idea, asked us would we feature Lucky Number on it, and it and it spun from there. So what turned into a pipe dream for him become a dream come true, you know? Say because that that charted yeah. as well, didn't it? It's like in the yeah, it charted fifty odd. Fifty-four, yeah. yeah. Um, it was it was only limited to five hundred as well, so it probably could have done more if if, if there would have been. I was going to say the demand was definitely there. Yeah, the demand's still there now, you know. The, uh, uh, but it's done really, really well. Plus, it gives us exposure, and for us to be even mentioned in bands who are on that CD is is an achievement itself for us. You know what I mean? So, yeah, cause I was lucky enough to get one of those five hundred. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's a buzz. It's a buzz. Uh, it's so yeah, it's, probably. Uh, one of the best albums, you know, especially as far as a compilation goes, because I don't think there's a bad tune on there. So, yeah, well, he based it on the Shine albums uh, from years ago, the compilations from years ago. So, and they ain't too bad, but yeah, it's still it's done really good for us, and uh, it's 
give us a lot of exposure. situation and putting a positive spin as best as you can isn't it yeah 100% yeah I think anything's like if you've got some the talent or whatever and you can express it in different ways do it you know what I mean we're, we're just doing this to show people that you can five lads who've known each other from school we're all in our 40s you know late 40s and stuff like that and we're just showing people young and old that anybody can do it you know what I mean so no, that's it. um Plus, like I say, the singles and stuff have got uh, are getting good responses and listened to and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, I was going to say uh, 
I think my favourite out of the lot. Um, it's probably one shot, I think. Yeah, well, we 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 just uh, we, when we released that, um, with the production on it's not too great on it, but we just remixed it now with MC Tunes uh, from 808 State Fame in in the late eighties okay. nineties. We've just we've just teamed up with him to remix it, so it should have been ready last week, but we're not quite happy with it. So as soon as that's done, we're going to get that out. Um, but we've just got a backup single now called "Feel My Love," which is going to be out in a couple of weeks as well. So we're just cracking on. We've Brilliant. got we've got twenty odd tunes though ready, so hopefully we'll do an album soon. Oh, fingers that's crossed. The plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously with the COVID situation and things like that, our bands are struggling. Um, but we've just been, like, I've got a home studio, John's got the shed where we do it, and Tim's set up at home. So we're just bouncing ideas off each other and stuff like that. So luckily, we're, we're just cracking on. Um, plus, with a gig situation as well, we've got our own room, but we've obviously not been able to get in there to rehearse and stuff yeah. like that. But re- rehearsals were going really well until we, we couldn't get back in. So, yeah. I was going to say, once. Once we're allowed to, you know, get back out there and actually enjoy ourselves properly, you know, yeah. then I think the bands will go from like not quite rock well, bottom. A, there's, but a like... ma- there's, there's a massive surge now of, of bands and there's some crackers out there, you know what I mean? So I think once like the surge you got in like '89 and stuff like that with the Roses and the Mondays and and, and the Charlatans and, and I think you're going to see another surge like that after all this. Um, because there's some belting stuff. I was going to say, given the names that you've mentioned, that's not a bad thing, is it really? Well, no, yeah. Well, like I say, we was brought up on the Mondays, the Roses, and things like that. So that's where yeah. our influences come from. You know, we want to basically bring that back that sound from '89. So and, and just bring it out there again. And the response we're getting is amazing. So yeah, we're, we're just going to keep it up. As someone who was brought up in like the the Britpop era for my sort of musical education I saw it like Oasis um, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Seahorses as well um, yeah yeah Poe. yeah C- come back um, I saw them a few times actually yeah, uh, I, I never got to which I'm kind of gutted about um, but their first album and then the uh, the single was it You Can Talk To Me yeah, yeah. well they did a second album they did a, they did a second album as well but that never got released and yeah. that's even better than the first album in my opinion but yeah uh, Squire's just a Absolute hero, man. You know what I mean, John. Uh, absolute legend. So yeah. Um, but the, the, like I said, there's a lot of bands bringing back this sound now of the nineties and stuff. So hopefully we'll see a, a big surge in in the in the music again when it when it's all thingy. I just feel really sorry for the bands who do it full time, you know, and rely on that as a livelihood. Um, I'm a paint decorator, and I've got six lads who work for me and things like that. So it's not really affected me in any way, but for people we like I say we're just doing it for a buzz for ourselves really. Yeah. Um so for the for these bands who actually rely on it as an income, my heart goes out to them, you know what I mean? So um so I'm sure some of them aren't sure of a quid or two though, are they? <laughs> well yeah, they well like I say there's not I think we've made about hundred dollars on Spotify and, and things like that in a year so So you need about three million streams for that, don't you? I know, yeah, yeah, something like that. So I think we've had about twenty-five thousand streams now, and we've got twenty quid between uh, twenty quid each, I think. So that's it. <laughs> we're not going to we're not going to get rich out of music. Not just yet, <laughs> but I say when the live thing you know gets back in gear. Yeah, then... like, 
Well, we've got, we want to start doing our own things, you know what I mean? We've been offered support with a big band from Bolton called the Jane Assembly. They're mates of ours, they've, they've asked, asked us to support them. Uh, we've been offered a few things, uh, plus we, we want to start bringing back the warehouse parties, uh, doing a, get, hiring a floor in, a, in a, an old warehouse or a mill, yeah. get, some dance, get some dance DJs on and then headline it ourselves. So that's the plans we've got going forward. Because no one else is doing it. Excellent. That's well. Plus, to to bring back that spirit of dance music and guitar music together. Yeah, sort of the, the amalgamation of the two. Yeah. So that that that's our aim. Uh, if we can get one of them done, that's job done for us as well. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Not the same. It's exciting. Not the same with fashion. Lots, you know, trends go full circle. I suppose the same with with music as well, isn't it? Yeah, music's recycled. It goes full circle. You know what I mean? It's you. you in these bands now, you, you, there's a lot of the early 80s stuff coming, like you lay the Blossoms, the Sims stuff and all that, yeah. like OMD and uh, Joy Division and stuff like that, so music just gets recycled all the time anyway, like with fashion, you know I'm a massive collector of Stone Island jackets and stuff like that and, right. and, and, and the trainers as well, you know so, yeah, it just goes full circle um, everything from music, fashion so, yeah, That's it. it's, it's good <laughs> The, the non-football side of things covered I guess um, so now on yep. to the, the, the main course um, let's say you're a, a Bolton fan um, unfortunately uh, at the moment yeah how long <laughs> have you been a Bolton fan for? Uh, my first game in 1986 at Burnham Park v Bury uh, Boxing Day Bury forever remember it like that's the first game I think I was 10 uh, that was the first game I'd actually paid to watch my team you know what I mean and since then I was hooked um, that's when the old embankment was still built before the supermarket and things like that. So yeah, great memories. Burnham Park was my second home really, from the age of ten. Uh, I think it was about eighty p or something for get in there. <laughs> Crikey! It mad in it. Uh, back in the good old days when it didn't cost you an arm and a leg and a small organ to get to the game. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was hooked since then. So and then obviously later on. You know, when you, you, I used to do my paper round and my, my milk round for Goldburnham Park and stuff like that, and then you start working in. I've been, I've probably been to every ground in the country and not been in, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because <laughs> I used to, I used to have a enjoy myself. Let's just say that. No, no say no more. <laughs> um, so how, how did it come about then? Was it, was it just like through friends, through family that you got into football, or just? obviously your friends and family and stuff like that it's obviously growing up watching one of the best sides I've ever seen is is, is the Liverpool side of 86 yeah. to, from 86 to 99 that Liverpool side was unbelievable um, Barnes probably one of the best players in the world at that time you know what I mean and watching that team and Dalglish probably one of my heroes you know Yeah. but uh, 
Bolton were struggling then, you know, we were, I think we were in Division 4, we got out of the old Division 4 and then worked our way up and then we, we had Phil Neal as manager and then it was as soon as Bruce Riott took over with Bolton, that, that's when the good times started coming, you know what I mean? And what a buzz that was to, to watch that team develop and the players we had then, McAteer, Stubbs, McGinley, Andy Walker, you yeah. know, great side, really, really good side. And to watch them get to the top and then Allardyce come on, come and take over and, and stuff like that was a buzz for me. Um, but we've come we've come full full circle now. We're we're back in the lowest division again and struggling and stuff like that. So I've seen it all if you know from division four up to the Premier League and then back down to division four where we are now. So bad times and good and then back again. Yeah, well like I say, if you're brought up on the bad times you, you, the good times are a bonus. That's yeah, how I it. see it, you know what I mean? Watching watching Bolton be older shot on a Tuesday night in front of further two thousand fans back in eighty nine in Stuff like that. The them are the buzzes. Love them. Miss them days. You yeah, know. So that that's commitment, isn't it? That sort of fixture. Well, yeah, yeah. The the old ground. Going to the old ground, standing up, five hundred here behind goals. Stuff yeah. like that on a on a Tuesday night when it's raining. You can't beat a better. You can't. There's nothing better feeling than that. You know uh, what I mean? Definitely. On the football side, yeah. That's it. I mean, um, I say that's probably one of your favourite memories. Um, have you got any specific favourite players? From John McGinley, absolute hero. Uh, like I say, changed Bolton's thoughts. That that partnership of McGinley and Andy Walker was un, unstoppable, you know. Then, and then the, the partnership with McGinley and Nathan Blake as well. That that was really good. Um, Stubbsy, McAteer plays the ball into Coyle. Coyle to McGinley. There it is. One 0 Super John. It's easy. Super John back on form, but one had a good goal. Without a doubt, McAteer was one probably one of my favourite players of all time when he when he comes to Bolton. I think we got him from Marine. I think we paid paid uh, Marine a kit and some nets. I think, I think it was a, a bag of balls. Funnily enough, I spoke to uh, one of the yeah, lads who the... played for Marine um, yeah. in the previous one, and yeah, because yeah, McAteer was at the ground, wasn't he, for the Spurs game on the on the TV coverage. Yeah, yeah, he 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 was he, he gave hundred and ten percent for Bolton every time he put that shirt on. Um, but yeah, we've had some cracking players over the years. Uh, Good Johnson, yeah, when he when he was first at Bolton. Uh, but like I say, we, we, we the money we've made off these players and the investment what we didn't get into the club has has ultimately give uh, paid for the downfall of the yeah. club again. You know what I mean? Come back to Bolton. I think Allardy- uh, yeah, I think when we was going for the Champions League, I think Allardyce wanted a striker, and I think it was only about ten million quid. I can't remember who the striker was, and they didn't give it him, and that was it. Then I, th- I think he was unhappy and then left after that. So, but yeah, it's, uh, it's all eyes and laws with Bolton Wanderers. That's <laughs> it. There's never a dull moment. Never a dull moment with Bolton, but they've been robbed and pillaged over the last ten years. Um, I think we sold our even sold our training ground to Wigan at one point. Crikey. So. I think the only asset we've got now is an hotel on on the ground. I don't even think we own the car park anymore. So, <laughs> I mean, pretty, pretty bad times. Yeah, I mean, I've yeah. only been to been away to Bolton once, and it was it was in the Premier League. I think we drew two two. Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember who scored for you, or even for us, to be honest. Um, yeah, that was the, the the Reebok, obviously, but that's when it was still called what? the Reebok. Who do you support? Oh, sorry, you West support? Brom. 
West Brom. Yeah, yeah I probably I've should have mentioned some, that, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had I've had some good times down there. I've been been down West Brom a few times, like. Uh, but yeah, Allardyce is there now, isn't he? Yeah, so, I'd rather not talk about him, to be honest. Not at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah, sore subject. Yeah. Yeah, I think his time's uh, been and gone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Modern football, it's something, the old ways don't work these days, if you know what I mean. He's it, it, it's, it's done his thing and, and let him be, you know what I mean? And I'd love him back at Bolton, there's no, no, no problem with that, but, you know what I mean, his style of football's not great, but he's no, definitely not. In, in, he's been effective in what he's done, or you can't, you can't knock his record, you know what I mean? No, no, I mean, up until now anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Bolton he went wonders. He yeah. went absolute wonders, and I mean, to, to to see JJ like JJ. Cotter, I was man, just going to mention a Cotter. I mean, he was a class act. Samson can't be too sure what to expect. Gotti and Davis having to thrive on any scraps that might appear. You need your care. And no Kocha. Oh! Fantastic! It really was worth waiting. One of the best players I've ever seen in the flesh. And Campo, yeah. Piero for that for that season we had him. Uh, I watched Piero against Leeds, I think it were. And I was just watching him all the game. Just his, he just walked about and... and Oh, it was beautiful. It was it's beautiful a, watch. Didn't you have Jokaev as well? Jokaev, yeah. another one. The, the big name, like I say, the big names we've had at Bolton. And then we got an Elka down at Bolton. He, he, he did really well for us. He, he, he was a grafter as well. Um, everyone goes on about an Elka, he's this, that, and other. But for Bolton, he'd he give nothing but 100% every, every game, you know what I mean? And did really well. Yeah, so, he's uh, yeah. another one that we've had as well in the past. And. Uh, I think he uh, he had a bit of a controversial ending to his Albion career. Um, right. w- without going too far into that. Um, yeah. But another one we had from you, I remember, was Richard Sneakers. Sneakers, yeah. yeah. He, 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 every time he got the ball from halfway line, it was shoot. Yeah. Uh, he had a bit of a reputation, but he, yeah, he did, he did well for Sneakers. Um, yeah. I, th- I think we had a defender off the as well. I can't. I can't remember his name. He did well for us. I think we sold him as well for <clears throat> a couple of million as well. So, oh, so without result, I think where all where all that where all that money goes, in it, you know. Yeah. So without resorting to Google, I probably couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Um, I know I can't. I can't myself. Um, but yeah, um, the players we've had is <laughs> unbelievable players. Another one who's played for That's for both. I remember um, for us very fond. It was Bob Taylor. Yeah, Bob Taylor did well for us. Uh, he scored. He, we beat United one 0 I remember. I think that was about ninety three, ninety four. So but when he first come, I think it, first time we beat United for ages, and he scored. It was one 0 I think that was in the FA Cup. Uh, I think Lenkin. If you go back, there's Lenkantello. I think. I yeah, think he a, another. Bolton, I didn't yeah. realise he played for Bolton, but now he's he's one of them. Yeah, he played for Bolton. Yeah, yeah Lenkantello. Yeah. Oh, uh, Showing your age there. I think, <laughs> Well, I, I was born in '76, but like that's my dad's era, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, when we, had Frankie Worthington, Cancelo, Peter Reid, I think we got promoted. In, I think it was '78. We got the uh, champions of Division One, I think, and Allardyce played then and stuff like that. So yeah, their memories, are, uh, my dad's memories, you know, when he used to go. Um, good times, man. Yeah, I was 
I say, um, obviously, you know, as far as having favourite players from other teams, I'd say a, a Kocha for me, you know, different class, but probably Jaskalainen Jask as well for me, because I've played a lot yeah, in goal myself, see. so... Yeah, we've had some. We've been blessed with goalies. Uh, we had Brannigan in the Rioja uh, era, and then we had Justy for years and years. And yeah, he was Jaska Lainen. But um, even um, defender-wise, like Engotti and Dudley Bergson, what a servant he was for us. Um, really, really good. So yeah, we've had we've had some real class players. Matt Fish, he was a good. Yeah. one, sold him to Charlton. Um, so yeah, we have been lucky with the players, but just not lucky in uh, the final hurdle, you know, when yeah. Allardyce, when we got into Europe and things like that. Um, the Europe adventure were good for us. That was really good, really, really good. So, um, did you manage to get to much of that, or? or... Yeah, I went. I went to Marseille. Uh, went to Atletico Madrid away. Uh, went to a few of them. Yeah, uh, really, really good experience for us. Um, I think that's when Allardyce left and then Gary Megson took over another West Brom. Yes, yeah, another Gary Albion connection well, there, yeah. Megson, uh, but uh, Megson did all right, he didn't do too bad, but the fans, he, the fans just didn't like him from day one. I don't know if it was him getting over to the fans and things like that and his style of football, but he didn't do too bad, you know. Uh, yeah. But as soon as, as, after that first day, as soon as you've not got the fans on board, that's it, I no, think. That's it. I think you've probably got to win them over before the players, haven't you, really? Yeah, you've got these days, you have, haven't you? Because yeah. in management these days, it's what is it now? Have you got, they might as these managers now a six-month trial before they give them a contract. Because, as you've seen with Lampard there, and yeah. things like that at Chelsea, it's, it's a short game, isn't it? You know, the management situation. Um, that's so it, just yeah. when you think you're doing all right, it's like, no, nah, sorry, son, on your bike. Well, it's like with United now with Solskjaer, you know, give these people time, mm. give them two, give them two years, give them three years, and and then judge them. You know what I mean? And but the, the common man, woman, whatever, it's not their game anymore, is it? It's, no. it's a corporate game now. It's it's a money game, and it has been for the last ten years. You know what I mean? It's it's the, the men in suits are, are running running the things now, where it used to be. Me and you, you know what I mean. If the fans mattered, um, so we'll see anyway when the fans get that back in, you know. But um, the way it's going, football at the moment is terrible. This VAR and things like that. I, th I think the controversy is just going out of football. You know what I mean. Whereas years ago, you'd, you'd be at work on a Monday, you get the paper straight into the middle pages. Football controversy. Yeah. And this this far this far thing is causing controversy, but. There's no talking points anymore because then talking points are getting wiped out by bar, you know what I mean? So That's the thing. Before this came in, it's like the ref made a decision. That was it. You get on with that it. That was it. Get on with it. It's getting like American football, isn't it? They're stopping and you'll have cheerleaders next and it's coming <laughs> in. You'd have like four quarters of a game and things like that. It's, the rules have been there for hundreds of years. Let it be. That's you it. know what I mean? It's like it's off, offside now. If you your fingernails there it's, it's offside and let it go you know what I mean and, and stuff like that so and there's one uh, um, I think was it four now I think it was Villa at West Ham a few weeks ago and like the guy's literally he's like an inch offside with his finger he's like oh, yeah. if you can't score with it it can't really be deemed offside can it 
No, really, no. So where do you draw the line? You know what I mean? It's it's just ruining the game. I think it's ruining it's ruining the flow of the game mm, as well. You know, because play, players are anticipating a decision before the decision's been made, and it, it's not good for the game, really. I think what they should probably do is put like a put a time limit on it. If it isn't decided in thirty seconds, go with what the ref said initially. Just go with what the ref said. Well, what's the referee there for anyway? You know what I mean? If you if you, if you Overriding its authority by looking at a TV screen is pointless, isn't it? You know, so but we'll see anyway. They'll be changing more things next season and stuff oh, like without that. Without question, but, I mean, without a question, and it's we'll we'll soon see where the fans get back anyway. Hopefully, one day. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I mean, you're lucky being in the in the football league. You haven't got to worry about VAR and that. You know. Just... Well, yeah, yeah, they've not brought that in yet. But um, watching Bolton now is just like watching a Sunday league game. You might as well go and watch the, your local pubs play together because oh, it's awful. Yeah, I mean, how are you Absolutely doing in the league awful. at the moment? Um, I think we're about 16 for something like that. Um, but two of my mates, they brought Keith Phil in last season. When they got took over because we, we, we was on the brink of uh, going out of the football league and things like that, buried, but it happened to bury, yeah. uh, stuff like that. Uh, we was on the brink. These took over and they took, they brought my mate, my mate Keith Phil. Uh, they, they brought him in and Dave Flickcroft, who's a good pal of mine, uh, promised them the world. Uh, they they cleared the club out, rid of them, like saved them about nine hundred grand and got got stability at the club. Uh, Covid struck, a few results didn't go our way, and then they, they got rid of them. You know what I mean? And they brought this Ian Abbott in, and he's, he's just not doing anything. But you, I think with any club, if you've got you, you, you're scrimping and scraping with loanees and and people who other clubs have released and things yeah. like that, you know you're not going to get anywhere. You know what I mean? So everybody needs money, and there's not much of it about actually in the bottom leagues now. So. Um, we'll just have to wait and see how things you, pan out. You're sort of feeding off scraps, aren't you? Really, in that case. Well, yeah, and we've been like that. Well, even the in the Allardyce days, we were we were loaned, getting these loans, and we'd get people like Yorkev and and Campo who people didn't want. But luckily, it turned out to be a masterstroke from him. You know what I mean? And uh, but these days, if you, if you've not got money, you can't do anything really. No. Uh, um, so look at look at the big clubs down there, you know, in in them leagues, Sunderland and, and, and they're massive, massive clubs. And are they going to get back up there? You know what I mean? Oh, I, I don't think it's going to be ten. It's going to be ten years till we see Bolton back up there. I think. Uh, but for these clubs coming to Bolton now in 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 this bottom league, it, it's their FA Cup final. They're looking at a stadium like that. And yeah. They want to come and play. You know what I mean? Who doesn't? Who doesn't want to play in a Premier League stadium? So, oh, that's it. It'd mean, be the same for work, um, like when Leeds went down, didn't they? They went down to like yeah, League yeah, One yeah. and everyone, you know, they've, they've targeted them. It's like, right, we're going to Ellen Road. Again, smaller yeah. teams would see it as their as their Wembley, wouldn't they? Same, same with City when, when they went down. They, they, they went down a couple of leagues, yes. didn't they? And, uh, every, every match, they must have been going to them grounds, these uh, so-called smaller clubs, and they're thinking, well, this is our FA Cup final, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, it is. It's tough. It's like the championship. The championship one very, very hard league to get out of. Um, really, really, just some cracking teams in the championship. But 
<coughs> Brentford for a start. Just, yeah, well, it just goes to show when they, they make that step up into that Premier League, they've got to spend. Yeah. Uh, you can see it with Sheffield United now, you know what I mean? He's been loyal to them players and they're struggling. Um, so you, you, you really need that investment and that money. Um, but like I say, I don't, I, half of these German and, and things these days, they're not even interested in the, in the football side of things, that is. You know, which so, is a shame, really. It's a little play thing for him, isn't it? <clears throat> Yeah, I think we we Wigan they're in the same situation as as we were. Um, I think they're good. They're, they're on the brink, and I think you, after this COVID, it, the longer this COVID goes on, I think you'll see a lot, a lot more clubs on the brink um, of of going out of, of, of the league completely. And so it's not really Excuse sustainable, me. is it? Really, to you know keep it going when there's not the income, like you say, from, no, from the terraces. There's not the income from the fans, you know. Uh, so, what's it going to be like next season? Who knows? And how many clubs are going to survive this season? I know, exactly. I um, mean, what, what do you spend on average? Say what? What twenty five, thirty quid to get in, maybe? Um, yeah. Two quid on a program. Um, anything you have to eat inside or what have you? So you know, you could be spending easily fifty quid just on like a maybe a League One game. Yeah, just in the games. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just think of all these smaller clubs who rely on that income. Uh, it's just a yeah, minute, but everyone's in the same boat. Whether it's in music, whether it's in football, yeah. whether it's they start, everyone's in the same boat. You know what I mean? So until the government sorts its, its stuff out, there's nothing anyone can really do. You know what I mean? So yeah, <clears throat> keep fingers firmly crossed that we're out of it sooner rather than later, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, true, true. I, yeah. I can't see anything happening this year, to be quite honest, uh, gig-wise, football, fan-wise, or anything like that. Um, who knows how long it's no. going to go on for. That's it, so, unknown territory, yeah, definitely. Fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely, yeah. So, um, one thing I've got written down is, like, have you got, uh, like, a, a favourite kit at all? Like, I know some, some teams have, like, vintage, well-known... Yeah, uh, kit, yeah. Um, I think I think the old Crown Paints Liverpool strip uh, was was a favourite of mine growing up. Yeah, um, one from the late eighties. Yeah, well, it was. I think it was about eighty four, wasn't it? Some of the, it's, uh, no, eighty six, eighty seven. I think Crown Paint. I think it was Itachi before then. Um, the Liverpool kit. I, when I went to school, like because my mum didn't have much money, I used to get next door's hand me downs. Right. He gave me. I got a Liverpool top with Itachi on it. Um, so that was my PE kit in school, <laughs> even though I was a Bolton fan. But that was my mate's Ambidines. And then uh, the Crown Paints won't come in. Uh, but uh, Bolton kits, we used to have one in, in the mid-80s with HB Electronics on. That's always been a favourite of mine. And then we had the Normid sponsor. Well, we, we, we had Normid sponsor because they built the supermarket. Uh, and then when Reebok took over, we had a, a, a black and a, a blue and white check one, which was uh, always my favourite as well. So um, mm. always loved the Juventus strips the, yeah. uh, for some for some mad reason. Um, then you obviously you've got the vintage England kits, the Italian United kit. Yes, uh, can't go wrong with that. One. that was, yeah, you can't go wrong with that one. Um, Argentina kits always been a cracker, hasn't it? Uh, I think as long as it's but, smart, yeah. you know, you don't really mind who it is. To, well, to a degree, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't, I won't walk around with a Man United kit on anyway. Let's just say that. Nah, that's fair enough. 
And now, so, um, yeah. so I think that's pretty much the, the, the sort of fandom side of it covered. Um, I yeah. suppose move on to the uh, the four four U now. Um, if you got your your matches lined up, yeah. Um, first one would be it it be ninety ninety three, and it we beat Liverpool in the FA Cup two uh, 0 at Anfield. Um, we 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 had David Lee on the wing. We won two 0 um, We had David Lee on the wing then. I think we had him on loan. I'm sure he was on loan from Bury. And every week it was sign him up, sign him up. You know what I mean? And we we, we played Liverpool that night, and he destroyed them. Absolutely destroyed them. Um, I think um, he, he crossed over for McGinley in third minute on that one. Both one nil. Kelly Walker. Harrison, Kelly over to Burke. Bolton winning the midfield challenges in the early stage, and here's Lee going past Marsh and crossing well. Beautiful goal! McGinley does it again! And then McGinley repaired the favour to Andy Walker for 2 0. Brannigan as well was outstanding that night. He, he kept Ronnie Rosenthal out, I think. Uh, it was like. He was like a brick wall that night, and we just frustrated him and beat him 2 0. That's one of my favourite games of all time. That and so uh, that was in the days before transfer windows as well, wouldn't it? Yeah, when you're saying signing, you know, you could have done that at any point. Yeah, during yeah. The well, like, like he, 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 we had a great cup run that year. Um, well, the, we, that year it was the year after when we had our really famous cup run. Um, the next one would be Bolton Everton in '94. Um, I, I couldn't. I didn't get a ticket for that night, and uh, we, we went up on the off chance. Of, uh, we knew it was uh, they were drawing. Um, I think it was one all. Uh, was it two, two? I think it was two two. Full time. We was losing two 0 at half time, and then we got it on the radio, uh, and it was two one. Then it was two all, and I said to my mates, "Should we jump in car and get in?" Because they used to open the gates at the last ten minutes for so people coming in. out, like. Yeah, for people coming out. So it was two all at the uh, last 10 minutes. So we, we got in the last 10 minutes and it was extra time then. So we saw the full half hour of extra time. Uh, Owen Coyle scored then and we won 3 2 uh, against Everton at their ground. So that was, that was one of my long standing memories as well. Uh, then the so, next game, yeah. Owen Coyle managed uh, for a little bit as well, didn't he? Yeah, he, 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 had a, he did well at Burnley and then. What it is with Bolton, they've got a fascination, the fans, with ex-players. Uh, just even if they were bad players, you know what I mean? Owen Coyle didn't do great for us, you know what I mean? He, he, he scored a few important goals, but I wouldn't call him as a legend in, in like the, the Nat Loftus, John McGinn yeah. mistakes, you know what I mean? As we would call a legend. And people were calling for him because he was associated with Bolton and it was just a total bad move. Um, some of his training methods and stuff like that would have heard through the grapevine and he's not done very well since he left Bolton you know what I mean and, but he keeps getting these jobs and God knows how he's got to have something about him isn't he or maybe he just gives a good interview yeah, probably because he, he's just a really really bad move for us at the time but uh, he did well he scored some important goals for us but I, I, won't, I won't put him in legend status no, for us, he, uh, I think he went over to the States didn't he for a little bit I think so, yeah, he's, he keeps blagging it somehow, yeah. but, um, 
Uh, my, my next game would be on that same cup run when we beat Everton. We went to Arsenal in uh, that was in '94 as well. Uh, we went down that day to London and it was live on BBC as well. I think I'm I think I'm on that in the crowd as well. <laughs> I think you can pick me out in the crowd. Um, that was one all. Um, and then we went to extra time and then we just battered them in extra time. I think McAteer scored that day in extra time and then Andy Walker finished it off and we humiliated Arsenal for their ground. In the, I was in the clock end that day at uh, the Highbury. So that was a fantastic game as well. Uh, Bay, David Lee, Walker to his left, McKinley to his right. Oh, it's Walker for Bolton. Yes, surely that must be it. Bruce Rioch era at that time was, oh man, some of the football we played as well. Um, but Rioch ended up going to Arsenal and yeah. signed Dennis, he signed Bergkamp for Arsenal. So look at that story, you know. So what I mean? just think what could have been if you'd have had him at Burnham Park. Oh, no, Burnham Park, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then um, going on from that, um, the, it would have been the Bolton Reading playoff final in '95. Uh, one of the greatest games I've ever been to. Um, that was two 0 early doors, and me and my mates looked at each other and said they were going pub. You know what I mean? Game yeah. over. And then I think they got a penalty just before half time, and Brannigan saved it, and that was it. Then the crowd was buzzing. Um, we got it back to Owen Coyle again. I think uh, scored there and. Got coming in. It's in there. Coyle. There's the cross. There's Owen Coyle with a header beyond the dive of Shaka Hislop. Back to 2 1, and uh, Fabian De Freitas come on then. Uh, he scored the equaliser. That's another so one that we've had as well. Yeah. So, well, I didn't rate him really, but. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> <laughs> he got that important goal for us and, and got us to two all and got us to extra time. And away come Bolton again, led once again by their captain Stubbs. Not gone this time to Thompson. There are plenty up, including De Freitas. It's there! Bolton have saved themselves! And then I think Pat, Pat Alinen got us 3 2 and. McAteer. Oh, he's done well here. He's gone past Dovchek, still with Jason McAteer. A long, long run, and then a little back heel for Coyle to knock it in towards McGinley. Padalainen's in there too! Padalainen with the goal that puts Bolton ahead at the end of the first period of extra time. And, uh, then Defreitas sealed it 4 2, so. Padalainen. There's the cross. Defreitas. Now it's safe. Bolton go into the Premiership with that second goal by De Freitas and their fourth of the game, 4-2, they can't be caught now. What a great game that was at Wembley um, and that got us promotion uh, into the Premier League. So um, that must have been uh, a hell of a day to, you know... Oh yeah, yeah, we all went in back of a tranny van from Bolton and stayed in slept in van and stuff like that uh, good days man really good yeah, days I mean I yeah. went there um, 93 it was we had Port Vale and, yeah. and that was just to get into what is now the championship yeah um, but that was 
Yeah, it's a hell of a day. But the, the, the old the old Wembley was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, cracking days out. Um, my next one's at Wembley as well. This is in two thousand against Villa, semi final of the FA Cup at Wembley against Aston Villa. Um, we battered them, absolutely battered them. Um, and then I, it was the last ten minutes, and Dean Olsworth were clean through, took it round. I think it was David James and missed an open net. Oh, uh, And then we lost on penalties. Then I think we lost four-one on penalties. Then, um, but yeah, that was uh, another game which unfortunately lost. But the day out was absolutely brilliant as well. So yeah. Yeah, you, you uh, say about the um, about Bolton and the playoffs. Um, you played us, I think. Early two thousands, if I remember. Um, probably, yeah. Probably. I think probably it was either two thousand or two thousand and one, around about then. I think it was. I think was it two thousand one? I think because yeah. I think didn't we be? I think we beat Preston in in the playoff final. Or I don't know. It might have been the year we lost to Ipswich, and then the year after we beat Ipswich and and played. Preston in the final uh, Cardiff it were I went yeah, to that I think, think it was Cardiff yeah and yeah. that was Big Sam that was Big Sam's first season yeah I went to the home leg of that I think it was and then you won the the, uh, the away leg up at the rebound probably yeah. I can't remember but you're probably right you no, was, it was a while ago so yeah, my memory's a little yeah. bit hazy from that <laughs> same as me yeah uh, same as me but let's say go ahead go Bolton away following has always been the same. We've got a fantastic away support. Whatever, whatever league we're in, whatever this and that, you'll always get two, three thousand going anywhere. You know. What yeah. I mean? So credit to the fans for Bolton for that. Um, yeah. Them away days are, are, are fantastic. Um, I've not never been a fan of the Reebok. I must admit, I've never because you get brought up on Burnham Park, the old school stuff like that. You know what I mean? The old stands, and then we went to the Reebok in '96, '97, I think it was, and it just wasn't the same. We call it the Breeze Block, where uh, <laughs> we're from, because um, uh, these new grounds they put them out of the out of the town centres and things yeah. like that for, for various reasons. You'll see a lot of football. Uh, like I think Stoke's the same. They put that out of town and on the edge of town and stuff like that. And I just think it takes that buzz away from it. You know what I mean? From going going in town centre, having a few beers, and then we used to call it walking down the money road. We've got a song, walking down the money road, and that was us. You know, straight into the ground and then straight back into town and having a laugh and stuff like that. So. Yeah, yeah. You don't really get yeah. so many like old school grounds now, do you? Especially in the like the the, the top couple of divisions. No, well, like I say it's a buzz being in in these lower division because you get to go to the you, you still get to go to these grounds where the, you, you can stand behind the goal and things like that, the banter and stuff. So yeah, yeah, uh, in the lower leagues, the, the the old school element of football is still there, but uh, sadly in the Premiership now it's gone, hasn't it? You know what I mean? It's it's all business and it's it's all this and that, and uh, it's sad, really. So a lot of them are sort of like like flat pack grounds, isn't there? The new ones, just like oh, that's just that yeah. ground, just in a different colour. Yeah, there's no there's no soul, is there? You no. know, whereas the old grounds, you had the big floodlights and just nostalgic. The, the nostalgia and but the the atmosphere at Burnham Park was electric. Um, even with three thousand fans in there, it was a buzz. You know, uh, it's just the old school mentality and, and, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, I do miss Burnham Park. 
And so it's the fans that make it, you know, especially with the, the well, newer grounds. If the ground sort of feels, you know, like it's sort of sucking the soul out of it, but if the fans yeah. step up, then they yeah, can make a hell yeah. of a difference. Yeah. Um, but like I say, I've been to probably nearly every ground in country, you know what I mean? And I've had, I've had some great experiences at football, like... Um, I've had some scary experiences, <laughs> like you know what I mean. I think Middlesbrough, one of the the old Ursum Park, were mm. one of the scariest grounds I've ever been to. Intimidating grounds. Same with Everton. Everton, that was quite an intimidating place as well. Uh, Barnsley, places like that. But uh, always a good crack, you know what I mean. Yeah, the new Middlesbrough, uh, the Riverside, isn't that like on an industrial estate or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Bolton. We're on, we're on a retail, yeah. retail park, you know, and. It's just took the heart and soul away from the communities. You know, football was always about community. Uh, people walking out of the terrace houses and, and going straight straight to the club on the doorstep. Like Main Road as well, Man City. You know, that was, was surrounded by terrace houses, and people were growing up next to that stadium, next to them stadiums. And it's very rare now that that happens. You know what I mean? And you've got you've got these kids who were brought up in London and support United and. What's that? All, all that about? You know what I mean? And it's not like they've got is, not got a lot of choice down there, is it? I mean, you only have to like turn the corner and you can see a, a football ground down. <laughs> yeah, like I say, you've got you've got kids from Bury who are United or City fans and things like that, and that's the main reason why clubs like Bury have gone out of extinction. You know, because the, them people who are brought near that ground should be supporting them teams, and it's sad. It's it's really really sad. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I. Trying to think that the I won't say scariest, but the it, it could have been worse. Um, went to West Ham away a few years yeah, ago, and yeah. I got separated um, from the group I was with, and I was like, "Crap, where do I go now?" So <laughs> I, I collared this chap who was selling programs, and uh, he couldn't have been friendlier. You know, you, you hear all the yeah. the talk, all like, the stories, yeah, yeah. But well, no, I've, I've been down there. I've been, I've been down Millwall, and and. Like I say, there used to be a few of us who used to just stay out on on the pop and stuff like that, and we've walked on on the old Kent Road and walked straight in in Wormill, and they're like looking at us, thinking, "What the bloody hell are you doing?" <laughs> but sat down, got a pint, and had the banter with them, and that's football. I've met a hell of a lot of people through football, range of mates in Portsmouth, mates in London, mates in in up. Scotland, things yeah. like that. So yeah, it's a good community. Even with the England matches and things like that, you you meet quite a few people, and it's all, it's all a good buzz and good banter. And it so yeah, coming together well, for a community. common cause, isn't you? Well, yeah, especially England. It's a, yeah, um, but it's like with the music and and, and the fashion, it, it all goes together, doesn't it? You know, yeah. music with football, football with fashion, and things like that. So yeah. Um, we're doing quite a few things with uh, Away Day Radio at the moment. I don't know if you've, you've, you've heard of them. I've just followed them on Twitter. Actually, I need to sort of you know yeah, get into. Yeah, well, they've just started uh, promoting, doing shows about up and coming bands and things like that. So yeah. they like mix mix the football thing in 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 with the music, which is a really good thing for all these new bands as well. So yeah, I've done a couple of interviews with them, and obviously about football and the music and, and, and things like that. So yeah, 
good platforms and uh, getting the football community together with the music community, which is can't be a bad thing. You know, well, so the, the two they, they can go hand in hand. They go, they? Hand, they go hand. They go hand. They go hand in hand, don't it? You know what I mean? In in the the seventies, you had the skinheads and and the punk come along, and but uh, like when you hear the goals over on on the the, the soccer AM and things like that, they play in all the bands, yeah. the music, so the music goes. So yeah, it's it's, it's a really good thing. Really so it only takes something like that to you know, even it's like a what a sixty second snippet of a song, but that yeah, can yeah. generate well, a lot. Hopefully, hopefully we're we're going to try and get our next single uh, played on on over on soccer AM on the goals like yeah. so I'm going to. I'm gonna mic the feathers uh, on Instagram and stuff like that. See if we'll play us. That's it. Why not? Uh, <laughs> so going back to the lot like, the music thing. Um, if you had to make up your band out of ex Bolton players, how, how would it play out? <laughs> oh, no um, pressure. <laughs> I've got to have JJ a catcher on drums. Uh, I think it'd be a mid drummer because his footwork and yeah. what have you are brilliant. Uh, a catcher on drums. Uh, oof, gotta be gotta be McGinley, John McGinley on vocals. Uh, just a character. We we still see Super John now in Bolton. He lives in Bolton, and he's always doing things in the community and and what have you. His heart and souls into it. You know what I mean? And yeah. What a guy. They say never meet your heroes, but McGinley's just a hundred percent. Genuine top guy, uh, really good guy. Does a lot for Bolton. Does a hell of a lot. Um, uh, uh, I'd have Dean Oldsworth on bass because he looks. He, he, he was like the player boy, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the uh, basis. The basis is the pretty boy, then, yeah. Is that what you... <laughs> yeah, we'll have, we'll have the basis as the pretty boy. Yeah, Dean Oldsworth. Um, Paul Warrest as well. I'd, I'd have him on. Uh, I'd have him on lead guitar because he he was Mister Reliable for Bolton, an absolutely underrated, cracking player. Paul Warrest, uh, one of my favourite Bolton players actually. Uh, I'd have Joe on on rhythm guitar as well because he he was another steady, Eddie always hundred percent and stuff like that. So yeah. The, 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 there's my band That's of Bolton players. Not a bad line-up, to be fair. I mean, no, no, even as no, a five-a-side team, you'd fancy your chances, wouldn't you? Oh, man. You wouldn't need a keeper just with JJ up front. <laughs> the players we've had, it's, it's just unbelievable. The, 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 even the players we had on loan in, like, we had Sturridge and, and Wiltshire. We, we had for a bit as well, Jack Wilshire. Oh, I forgot he, about him. For Bolton as well. Yeah, he, apparently he can't find a club at the moment. So. He's on for Bournemouth. Oh, has he? Yeah, right. only recently. Uh, um, but yeah, he's yeah, signed for them, I think. So, but you see, you see these players with this mass potential, and some of them just they can't cut it, can they? You know no. what I mean? And I don't know if it's personal things. They get all this money at such a young age, and things like that, and it's, they're not advised properly on the no. on the mental side of things. I know a few footballers myself who got who are skint now. They got into gambling and things like that, and they've not got a penny. You know what I mean? Um, I say they've got more money than they know what to do with it, you know, especially at such a young yeah, age. Yeah, the times. Yeah, well, I I do a lot of work for Gary Flickcroft, the ex yeah. uh, ex City uh, player, Blackburn captain, stuff like that. He, he I've worked for him for twenty years doing because I'm a paint and decorator. I do all his houses. Okay. So 
he, he's done well out of it, you know, on, on doing the property thing. And I, yeah. I know a few footballers have, d- have done well on that side, but there's a, I think there's more footballers who end up on the social scrap heap of life after when they've played than there is who, who make it into the punditry and stuff like that. So yeah. there should be more to help footballers on the mental side of things. Um, I watched Paul Gascoigne uh, about eight years ago at a sportsman's dinner. And I just felt so sorry for him, you know what I mean? He couldn't get his words out, and uh, it, it, it was just a it, it was just a travesty to see one of your heroes like that, you know what I mean? Uh, so you think of what he was like, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah, Italian yeah. ninety, for example, you know. He had everything, didn't he? One yeah. of our greatest greatest players ever in the English game. He had everything. Uh, the injury didn't do him no. too good, did it? I get, I, I, that was against Forest, wasn't it, in the FA Cup? Yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the greatest players we've ever had in, in that England's produced is Paul Gascoigne. But it's sad to see him like that now. Look at, well, Paul Merson's changed his life around. And he, he had the, the gambling thing and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Tony uh, Adams as well with the, you know, Tony, Tony Adams, drink and substance, yeah. I mean, Kenny Sampson, he was sleeping on a park bench, you know what I mean? One of the best England right backs of all time, sleeping on a bar bench. So there should be more in the game to help these people after when they retire and things like that. Yeah, it, um, especially with how like you know mental health is such a, a more yeah, it's a massive prominent massive issue thing. these days than it used to be. Yeah, um, there, there should be. Well, these guys who we work with on, on our last single uh, wise up, they go around to football grounds and they go around to schools and things like that telling people about mental health addiction gambling stuff like that so they're doing great things uh, on that side of things they've been been to loads of clubs up in the country and yeah. getting a bit of a good reputation now so at least something's being done eventually um, but yeah it is sad to see these these ex-pros and heroes of people ending up like they are you know what I mean uh, yeah, definitely mm, so yeah Hopefully more will be done in the future for them. Yeah, I mean, you say about the mental health thing, because like, it's probably had more of an impact over the last 12 months than it had probably because of what we're going through. So, people Yeah, are, well, that's uh, everyday, everyday people are suffering in, in, and a lot of suffering in silence. So people need to start speaking up. Uh, the more people speak up, the more it gets done, you know what I mean? So, I think yeah. that's out with... Um, is it across the whole of the football league that Mind have still got the logo on the kit numbers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there is a lot of uh, uh, things like Mind and, and and stuff like that. It was stepping up to the plate a bit, and I, I, it's it's a lot easier now for footballers and, and people to open up. I think with, with with the facilities, with social media, and things like that. So I think a lot of more people are reaching out because of social media. Uh, connecting with people and, and talking about it so yeah yeah, that's all uh, it takes isn't it it's just like that just one tweet one Facebook update or something just to say you know I'm not feeling so great and then people can yeah. reach out you know and yeah. then help out you know yeah. doesn't take a lot to turn someone around sometimes does it yeah well Tony Kelly used to play for Bolton uh, his mum recently died and but he does a lot with McGinley in the communities here and uh, a lot of people have reached out to him. He's not on social media, but a lot of my mate 
has, has reached out on social media and in, uh, everyone's sent him messages and through my mate and things like that. So that's kept him going. Yeah. You know, the fan, we're, we're repaying back for what for the years he gave us at our club and things like that. So can be done in, in them ways as well, which that's is it. really, really good. You know, even the, even the slightest gesture can help. You know, in the in the biggest way, can't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Tony and Kelly, a mate of mine had cancer. He died at a young a young age, and Tony Kelly and McGinley and David Lee, who played for Bolton, they all rallied round and did certain things for him and went seeing him in hospital and things like that. Which was they didn't have to do it, you know what I mean? But they did it, and it was just brilliant. That they do things uh, yeah, still in the community, but twenty years later from playing for us, you know what I mean? Thirty years, so I'm yeah, really good. Shows that they still hold the club sort of fond in there. Oh memory. yeah, They're, like I say, they they are legends and, and heroes and, and things like that. So uh, yeah, it's really good. Really yeah, good. brilliant. All right, um, I think oh, I'm pretty much ready to draw this to a close now. So um, like I say, it's been a pleasure to have you on. And um, yeah, brilliant, mate. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I'll Brilliant, right, Roy, take care, nice all one. the best for the future I'll, uh, and, um, I'll, I'll look forward to uh, him. Thanks to the guys at the Football Poets website and you can visit them at footballpoets.org or find them on Twitter at footballpoets This episode's poem is called Wanderer's Wonderland by Mdad Rachman uh, and it goes like this Wanderers, destroyers of footballing dreams Allardyce's infantry will run you out of steam an eclectic mix of mercenaries, bargains and journeymen. Lost causes? They all rejuvenate in Big Sam's den. Not quite Wimbledon, but you get the drift. They'll grind you and hurt you. Execution is swift. The Champions League may be the Holy Grail. Bolton in the Champions League? Maybe when I'm frail. You call them hoofers, too physical, an unfashionable team. But hey, in a democracy, everyone can dream. If you want to get in touch with the show, uh, you can email us at projfoot at gmail.com. That's P-R-O-J-F-O-O-T at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash projectfootball. And on Twitter at proj underscore foot. Uh, P-R-O-J underscore F-O-O-T. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Project Football Podcast. Um, also, a huge thanks to Roy from The Shed Project. Uh, if you want to check out on their music, uh, they're on Spotify. Uh, they're also on Twitter and Facebook. Um, I'll put all the, the details of in, that in the, uh, in the description of the episode. Uh, once again, thank you very much for listening. Uh, take care. Goodbye.